This is Nursing Australia Week, a week of entertainment, education and energy for all Australian nurses. Proudly presented by APNA, the Australian Primary Healthcare Nurses Association, Health Workforce Queensland, New South Wales RDN and Northern Territory PHN. Good afternoon, I'm Suzanne Blackaby and welcome to your Thursday evening episode of Nursing Australia Week. This evening we hear a story of another nurse doing amazing things. We'll announce the winner of our daily Spill Your Guts competition where we've been asking you to tell us your Good Samaritan stories. And then we're joined again by two humorous nurses. But first the news. 85% of Australians double-dosed, RACGP puts a spotlight on pandemic failures and has Britain reached herd immunity? This is Nursing Australia News. Hello, I'm Mitch Wall. Australia has cracked through 85% of its eligible 16-plus population with the COVID-19 vaccinations. This comes as a further 108,000 doses were administered yesterday. Nearly 92% of our 16-plus population has had at least a single dose. Also today, 90% of the 12-plus Victorian population is fully vaccinated. The Royal Australian College of General Practitioners have highlighted some serious shortcomings in the vaccine rollout in a new report that has been submitted to the National Audit Office. One of the main points made is the lack of an effective public awareness and education campaign. There's a link in the show notes to the report. And a top scientific advisor to the British Prime Minister has claimed he believes Britain is almost at herd immunity with COVID-19. Professor Neil Ferguson, an epidemiologist at the Imperial College in London, painted a positive outlook for the winter ahead, saying he believes that they wouldn't see a big spike in cases, which some are expecting. Are you a nurse working in primary healthcare and looking for the next step in your career? Or do you work in a hospital and curious about moving into a primary healthcare setting? Check out the APNA Nursing Jobs page, powered by Healthcare Link, where you can search jobs near you. Click the link in the show notes of this episode. Nurses across the country have been on the front line in this pandemic day in, day out, but some nurses have worked as experts to skill up non-medical frontline staff. Bruce Greaves has been one of those expert nurses. Based in Melbourne, he was deployed to train hotel security during Victoria's second wave. He then went on to train more than 2,000 Australian Defence Force, Australian Federal Police and Border Force personnel. This segment of Nurses Doing Amazing Things is sponsored by Health Professionals Bank. My name's Bruce. I'm a registered nurse. Uh, I've worked in emergency for many, many years and moved over into education and training some 15 years ago. When I started nursing, there was only seven males in my intake of 60 back in the late 70s. After I finished my undergrad training in nursing, I had a, a staffing year at Prince Henry's working in neurosurge and then I moved into emergency from there. We had quite a unique emergency department because we were on the state disaster management team. It was pretty exciting and pretty good fun. We learnt to do a lot of things that you just wouldn't do now. So as nurses, we learnt to do chest tubes, helping with amputations in the field, those sorts of things. As a nurse working in the general wards, I actually took on a role as an assessor to assess student nurses in their general clinical skills. That gave me the passion to move more towards teaching others. I think there's no greater thing that you can do than, than teach someone a skill and watch them deliver that skill. 
and that sort of gave me the passion to get out and explore the big wide world as far as educating goes. After many years of working at ED, I moved out and started an RTO, Registered Training Organisation, and then after 10 years of working in that organisation, decided to move out. So I started Health Education Collaborative with my colleague Margaret Badalala in early 2019, and we developed it because we both have a passion for delivering high-quality clinical skills training. I felt that what was really needed was some better clinical skills training. So got involved with fracture management training, suturing, ear health, a whole range of things and developed courses in those areas. They're, they're just fantastic skills for nurses to learn, but also it actually helps the clinical area that they're working in because a lot of time patients are waiting, especially in urgent care areas for a doctor to come and put a plaster on and a highly skilled trained nurse can do those, those skills just as well and just as quick, if not quicker, and the patient satisfaction goes up. We had only just started Health Education Collaborative and then COVID came along. We sat around twiddling our thumbs thinking, what are we gonna be able to do now? And out of the blue, I had a phone call through word of mouth from the Department of Health here in Victoria, asking if I could run some training sessions for them in PPE and COVID awareness. It was supposed to be about four sessions. As it is, I'm still there 18, 19 months later. Since doing those sessions, which were for the original group of uh, infection prevention control outreach nurses, I have taken on the role of training pretty much all of the ADF personnel that came to Victoria during the outbreak. I've probably trained just on 2,000 ADF personnel. They've been assisting in the COVID swabbing tents, so actually doing the swabbing or testing, the aged care facilities, everything from helping with meals to helping with patients. So they, they really, really stood up and really supported the health system here fantastically. It, it's quite funny because I'm not a very good speech maker when I have to get up and make a speech in, in front of family and friends but put me in front of a group of 80 people and I don't have a problem if I'm teaching something. I was just recently in Edenhope, which is a, a little rural town near the border of South Australia and Victoria. Such a proactive group of nurses there who contracted me to go out there and deliver the fracture management course to about 10 of their staff. They have a doctor in town, but the doctor's only there for three days a week and the nurses look after everything else. It was such a great day to go out there and train, train this group of nurses up and they're at the forefront, they'll, they'll manage those things whereas in some of the big city hospitals, nurses working in emergency don't even put splints on. I always say that COVID-19 is this generation's 9-11. It's changed the world. After 9-11, we saw security in everywhere, especially in airports. And that security didn't just stay, you know, as it was at the start. It actually built up over time. And I, I see infection prevention control doing the same thing in the future. And more so preparedness in those areas. The world was caught a little bit off guard with COVID-19. And I think the ongoing training is going to be vital for what happens next. Because next time we should be able to respond a lot quicker and have better systems in place ready to combat it. I think personally, I've got a lot out of doing the COVID work. The people I've met along the way have been amazing. 
And when you see a soldier come up to you, who you trained three weeks earlier, when everybody had gone, he came up to me and he just, I could see in his eyes, he was about to cry. And he just said, I've seen the worst in Afghanistan. I've done two tours of duty over there. But he said, what I saw in some of those nursing homes just broke my heart. And I think I got a lot out of that. That was pretty kind of heavy in a way. He was a pretty tough soldier. Will I go back to mainstream nursing? Uh, I'm actually at the moment looking at becoming partner, if you like, in a general practice uh, and setting up a urgent care centre within a general practice. I think this is going to be a big future in general practices everywhere. Hospitals are struggling. Higher skilled and high trained nurses working in general practice is going to benefit the community greatly. Occasionally I miss working directly with some patients and I really miss being in a treatment room with a really good laceration that I can just spend half an hour suturing up. I think as far as emergency goes, I've done my time and I've moved on and if I can impart some of that experience that I had during those years, then that's great. I'm really happy to do that. I'm still a nurse. <laughs>
So this young mum runs forward and passes Lorraine, a six-week-old baby, not breathing and blue. The mother was understandably hysterical. Lorraine instructed the air hostess to get her some oxygen, but there was no baby-sized mask for it, so she just used the end of the tubing. After a few very anxious moments of working on this little baby, it took a huge gasp and came to. There's nothing like being that one person where the buck stops. Talk about pressure. After this experience, Lorraine went on to do midwifery and then became a special care nursery nurse. Well done, Lorraine. The $500 Coles My gift voucher is on its way to you and a signed copy of Georgie's new book, Off the Charts. Good job. Now, thank you so much for listening to Nursing Australia this week on Tremendous Thursday. Today, we have been blessed with the company of Georgie Carroll, Sarah Drew covering off infection control, the next steps, where we're going as we open up as a country, and the amazing nurse, Bruce Greaves. Thank you for sharing your story. To sign off today, we have Kelly and Alicia, who tell it like it is. Here's the two humorous nurses. See you tomorrow. Hello, nurses of Australia. I hope you're enjoying Nursing Australia Week. My name's Alicia. And mine's Kelly. And we are the hosts of Two Humorous Nurses Podcast. And for Nursing Australia Week, we are bringing you a different kind of broadcast. But first, something from the Humorous Newsroom. Nurse 57 murders two of her patients because they were, quote, trigger happy. The World Health Organization links breathing oxygen to staying alive. Local surgeon maintains surgery failure as a result of difficult anatomy. Police in Parkville report vast increases in naked healthcare workers on front doorsteps. A man from Bonnie Doon has broken the world record for most number of cream eggs shoved up the rectum with nine. <sighs> today on Nursing Australia Week, we're having fun. Uh, and today we're going to reveal some of those unwritten rules of nursing. Okay, we're starting with a controversial one. A loose pen is a free pen. Damn straight. Unless it's got your name written all over it, like <laughs> the two humorous nurses pens I have in front of me. It's free for all. There are some people who cut little pieces yes. of paper and write their name on them and then sticky tape them around their pen three yeah. times, which, Mate. I mean, I envy you for having the you- time and energy <laughs> to do that. And your pens probably do come back to you. But if a doctor asks me for a pen, I always say, this is my favourite pen. Yeah. This is my only favourite pen and you have to give it back to me and I make them feel so terrible. I just stand there till they're finished. I'm like a pen's a boomerang. <laughs> If I hand it to you, you hand it back. I love it when they come and tap you on the shoulder. Here's your pen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And if it's just one of those black big ones you picked up on the That's desk, literally like, oh, whatever. Bye. No, I still say it's my favourite. Even if it's like a, just the crappy, shitty pen, I always just tell them how how meaningful it is to me. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> right. What's the next unwritten uh, rule? If you're going to show up late to work, do not come with a store-bought coffee. No, you scull that shit before you get on the ward. Like, just don't. If, don't be late. First of all, just never be late. It's fine. <laughs> but do not turn up. With a store-bought coffee. Look, Kelly's always early, but I am always on time. Everybody else is just early. Yeah. <laughs> I'm early and I always turn up with a store-bought coffee, but that's fine. <laughs> that's just courtesy, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Because no one wants to take over from you. If you're late and got a coffee, we all know why you're late. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> you sat in the drive through Or you stood in the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Lastly, ugly shoes make good shoes. <laughs> Although this is now that um, there's new, there's a few new like trendy companies that are like yeah. specialising in nursing footwear. Yeah, and um, 
I can wear anything now because I have custom orthotics, so I just have to make sure I can wow. pull out. I know, mate. I am <laughs> seriously. Wow. I am in my twenties. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I would always just wear. I never wear black. I do not. Whatever don't, you wear. Oh, black shoes. Do not come at me. I wear black all the time. <laughs> I never wear black shoes. I never wear black shoes. I don't oh, buy black shoes. Kelly, she'll kill I you. know the uniform policy says strictly black shoes, black leather nursing shoes. But do you know what? You can't make me. You're such a rebel. I know. I always wear brightly colored. Been looking at some I'm dob you glittered in. ones. <laughs> you can dob me in. I don't care. What yeah. are they going to say? They'll give you a written Soz. warning. They couldn't possibly replace you anyway. <laughs> There's like no one that can do what you do. <laughs> Everyone is replaceable, but I would happily get a job anywhere else. So <laughs> <laughs> you would easily get a job. Oh yeah, true. Mm. Um, but yeah, no. Generally, I used to have the most hideous shoes. Um, they were Zieras, sorry Ziera, whoever you are, but they had like this Velcro Did you buy strap. Buy them in a chemist. No, I bought them from like Shuex, and um, <laughs> they had a strap across the forefoot, like a Velcro strap, so you could get them on and off in like a second, and they were amazing. But they had this horrible like flat front. Mm. They were like school shoes. Wow. But I was gonna say my eight-year-old loves her Velcro <laughs> strap on her new runners. <laughs> But they were, they were really, like, probably the best shoes. And, I mean, at the end of the day, nursing shoes are really about comfort, not mm. about, like, practicality or looks because mm. you need to be comfortable. You're on your feet for 8 to 12 hours a day. And there's a, a good chance they're going to get wet if you work in a, um, yeah. like, patient, like direct patient care area. They're going to get wet. Yeah, <laughs> you want to be able to wipe the with, blood and not with water and yeah. vomit off them. <laughs> Oh, my God. Shoes, pens and coffee. A nurse's three favourite things. Oh, it's like the trifecta of nurses. Yeah. <laughs> well, that about does it today for us at 2HNHQ. Thanks so much for tuning into our special broadcast this week. We look forward to connecting with you on Instagram. Find us at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast. Slide into our DMs. You can find our podcast literally anywhere that podcasts are being streamed. We are there. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Nursing Australia Week, a week just for you. For more information, visit APNA at www.apna.asn.au.